From the game gurus at Snakes and Lattes, you're listening to the Snakes Cast, a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. Welcome to the Snakes Cast, everyone. My name is Jonathan Moriarty. Joining me this week are my guru guest, Todd Campbell. Hey there. And my non guru guest, Nettie Jalsma. Oh, hi. And we're going to talk about something this week that we occasionally hear about. You know how when when you're going up to the shelves and they're like, oh, this is this is a game that wrecks friendships. It wrecks friendships. It wrecks friendships. We hear about that all the time. We hear about games that you play them, people get into it, they get competitive, they get intense. But um, what about games that actually do put a strain on your relationships? Games that actually do kind of cause problems or have caused problems in the past. And when you sit down to play a game, everybody at the, at the table with you is going to expect you to play as well as you can. And this means they're going to expect you to try to win. That's, that's part of the contract. That's what they want. But some people have stories about games that go too far. Is it possible to go too far even when it's just a game? So what kind of player does this happen to? What kind of game does this happen with? And if your friendships can be destroyed by playing a game, is that a commentary on the game? Or does that reflect badly on you and your friends? Or is it something in between? That's what we're talking about this week. So, Todd, Mandy, you guys got any stories? Um, I, I have two stories of games that didn't destroy a friendship, but I had such a visceral reaction to that I was like, I will never play this game again. Wow, okay. Um, Settlers of Catan. Really? Yes, wow. really. The Huge first, classic. I know, and it's 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 one that I hate with a passion. <laughs> I um, had no idea yeah, about I you, Todd. Cannot, I did not know. Cannot stand Settlers. The first few times I played it, um, I, it probably uh, poor placement on my part, but I always ended up in a position on the board where I had the most common resource and no one would trade with me. <laughs> so every turn was, if anyone want my sheep for anything, no, then I will just sit here again. <laughs> And after about four or five games of this, I'm like, I never want to play this game again. I hate it, and I hate all of you people. The other game was Galaxy Trucker. Oh, boy. Okay, the very first game I played of Galaxy Trucker, um, and for those of you who don't know, you're, you're creating a spaceship out of all these tiles, and the tiles have all these weird symbols on it that mean certain things when you put them in conjunction with other symbols. They have, and, have engines and power and living quarters and guns and shields and stuff. And there's a time limit when you're building it. The very first game I played of it, we played with a time limit, which I barely understood what the things meant, and I couldn't get my ship together, and I'm like, I never want to play this again. This was the most frustrating experience in gaming I've ever had. But it was the game, not the players. It w the that, players. Now, that was the game. Settlers was the players, ah, I would say. And okay. also the game. But yeah, it's, <laughs> I don't know. How about you, Mandy? Well, growing up, uh, we had a pretty standard game closet. It had all the classics, Connect 4, Checkers, Chess, and one of them was Risk, but we never played Risk. And when I asked about that, I never really got a straight answer, but what I could figure out was there was a game that took place before I was born, and it involved my dad, and he had a little bit of a Napoleon-esque moment, uh -oh. and ever since then, that game has never been touched. There was a fight, sides where alliances were broken, and we don't speak of it really to this day. So it was, wow, so it's a real fight. This is a generational thing. Generational thing, yeah. <laughs> It just goes on down through the, oh, wow. I think it, my dad gets a little bit intense when he when he can take over countries and <laughs> continents. Napoleon esque indeed. I, I actually, you know, speaking on, on the war game thing, I have a, a story that I'm ashamed of. I played the Game of Thrones board game. Hmm. This is ten years ago, long before the HBO series was a glint in HBO's eye. 
But um, I, uh, I, was, I was playing this game, and one of my opponents made a, a, a move that, okay, to be, to be fair to me, was suboptimal. It was not a move that was going to help him all that much, but it screwed up my position. And, um, and I called him stupid for doing it, and I'm ashamed of that to this very day. He forgave me like almost immediately because he's a nice guy. But uh, honestly, he shouldn't, because that, was, that was uncalled for. It was, not a, it was his choice to play the game that way, mm -hmm. and I did something terrible. And uh, it's just, well, I have to wonder, does, was it me? Does the game bring this out in me? What, what, what's, what's the story here? That's what we're going to be investigating today. What are some games that are famous for this? Uh, Mandy, you've mentioned Risk. That's definitely a big one. Uh, what are some other games that, uh, that were where friendships can actually be genuinely tested. Not just in the, I'm going to get you for that sort of way, but in the genuine, I'm not talking to you sort of way. Does, what are some other games where that can happen? Um, Magic Gathering. Oh, right, Magic. Because that's got a whole pro tour mm -hmm. going on. There are, there are people who make their living from playing Magic the Gathering. And so a, a serious loss there, that can, yeah, kind of a serious effect. I think games that, you know, kind of dabble... Uh, cooperative games can bring that out in people. I had like a kind of mediocre experience with Hanabi where uh, someone didn't tell me about my cards and I you know, disposed of it so we could get some hints back and it was a card we really needed and you know everyone was mad at me but I was like what you didn't tell me about Why this didn't you card. Tell me about this? Yeah. It was my oldest card and so that kind of brought out you know some frustrations. But genuine tension. Genuine tension, yeah. And you mentioned cooperative games. One of the ones that's sort of famous for that is Bridge. Mm -hmm. Bridge is a game that's played in partners, teams of two, and your teammates sitting across from you, you're, you're counting on them, and Bridge puts serious strain on a lot of marriages, you know, because if your partner, you're counting on them to play well, and they mess up and cost you the Bridge tournament, then somebody's sleeping on the couch that night. <laughs> um, there, there are games like Scattergories, where there's no clear way to arbitrate. I mean, supposing the category is... A household task. You have to come up with a household task that starts with R, and somebody writes down rugs. Does that count? <laughs> I get that a lot. I have to be the mediator for tables playing word on the street. Oh yeah, same, same, same basic deal. Especially when it's mm. couples, because um, if, if he or she picks a word that the other does not agree with, then all of a sudden tensions start to rise, and it depends on the couple whether it can get a serious become a serious fight. So yeah, because I mean that's that's the thing. I mean, who, the player who wins the argument in that case is going to win the game, so it encourages people to argue with each other. And it can get pretty personal sometimes. Yeah. There's uh, the, probably the most famous one for this is Diplomacy. Uh, some of you in the audience have not heard of Diplomacy. Imagine a game of Risk with no dice and no cards, where each space can only have one unit in it at a time. And everybody writes down their orders simultaneously on a piece of paper. This unit's going to go to that space. That unit's going to go to this space. This unit's going to support that other unit is moving from this space to that space and you all reveal them at once. And if two people both try to go in the same space at the same time, they both bounce back unless one of them has support from another unit. And everybody's so well balanced against everybody else that it's pretty much impossible to make progress against any of your opponents unless you get help from one of your other opponents. So the interesting part of the game is not the orders or the combat or anything, there is no combat. It's the diplomacy round. It's going off to separate rooms and maybe separate floors to have secret conferences with the other players where you convince them to support you and screw over the other players, promises get made, alliances get formed, and backs are most definitely stabbed because you can't win unless you have support from somebody else 
and eventually betray them for that. That's another one that's broken up a lot of friendships. And of course, we don't have to talk about gambling. It's you know, gambling and casino stuff that actually destroys real families and real lives, but that's, that's a different category. So, all right, in some cases, it's just the players, right? You know, I have a feeling that Risk isn't the only game that your dad would have uh, <laughs> a bit... Uh, if he had uh, tried some other games, it could have been equally as dangerous. But uh, in some cases, the game can contribute. So what is it about some games that makes people actually fight for real? Well, and I think, you know, in some cases like Diplomacy, um, when the game has a built-in backstabbing mechanic, that can <laughs> get up people's uh, get up people's back. But I, I, I think that those ones for me are are less likely to break up friendships because you you're going into the game knowing it. It's when you're mm -hmm. playing a game that everyone should be on an even playing field and people gang up on one guy. That's for me where where I get upset as a player. That's and definitely the case with settlers. That is definitely the case with settlers. It's like, we're not going to trade with Todd. That's, yeah. That's the rule. New rule. Nobody trade with Todd. But. I've even had moments where the game is simple as Parcheesi, where um, I'll be playing with my sister and my friend, and they decide, because I was doing too well, to set up a blockade and keep that blockade <laughs> until they have caught up and trumped me. So, and, and, and at moments, you know, my hackles start to rise because I'm actually getting generally upset that they're trying to both gang up on me. It's, it's hard to deal with, too, of course, because I mean, you have to have that ganging up thing, otherwise the best player will always win, mm -hmm. and you might as well not bother to play in the first place. It's true. Um, it's, it's, I think, Tom, what you were saying is a good sort of uh, hint. You, you, if the more backstabby a game is on the surface, the less p likely people are to get all up in arms about it mm -hmm. uh, if, 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 when the knives come out, because, well, that That's was, what the game's all that was on the menu. Something like Settlers, or again, Bridge, where you're expecting the person's going to be on your team, that, mm. uh, that can really bring it out. I've seen a lot of fights uh, in Euchre. Mm. Uh, back in my theater days. Another partner-based card of, game. Yeah, we used to play a lot of Euchre in, in our change room when I was doing uh, theater a lot. And um, you would see people get so upset that the other player had played the wrong card and just <laughs> you know, storm out of the room. And I'm like, it's just a game. It should be fun. But it's, uh, it's a game where you're trusting somebody to do a particular thing. And if they don't do that thing... It feels like a real-life betrayal, mm -hmm. even though it's only a game, which is weird. Yeah. Well, how do we avoid this, then? As, uh, as working at Snakes, obviously, we want people to have a good time. We want them to compete with each other. We want them to get into that friendly sense of, I'm going to get you. But we don't want people's actual real-life relationships to become strained <laughs> by what goes on there. That's the opposite of what we want. So how do we avoid this? What are, some, what are some ways we can do this? Are there certain games we just shouldn't recommend? Certainly. Which Certainly ones? Not. Which ones are off the table? Uh, risk is definitely off the, off the table. Mm -hmm. uh, again, diplomacy with the wrong group. I think people who go into it not understanding that that's the game is backstabbing would probably not be a good choice. Uh, going for games more like uh, Euro games. I find a lot of Euro games, the way the game is created, all the scores are very similar. Like you're only winning most Euro games by a few points. Yeah, they're designed to, to be tight that way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How do you think your dad would feel about Euro games, Mandy? I think that might actually be a good type of game to get him into. Something that evens the playing field. He can win, but not enough that he gets cocky. And then everyone <laughs> has had a good time. Because they've, they've got a certain amount of interaction. Mm -hmm. Enough so that if there's one person who's obviously better, the others can probably find ways to slow them down. Yes. 
but not so much that they can completely wreck their game. So yeah, European style games might be a really good sort of way to go with this. What about cooperative games? Would, uh, is, is that likely to be a good sort of bet or will the Hanabi factor that Mandy ran into become you know, an issue? It could go either way because one of the problems in, in cooperative games is that you can have cooperative solitaire where one player dominates uh, oh, the, the alpha table. player. The yeah, alpha we, did, player. we did an episode about the alpha player a little while back. So if someone, if, if their only reason to play the game is to win the game, then it may end up being a boring experience for everyone else as they dominate the table. Do you think your dad would do that, Andy? I think given the right kind of cooperative game, those types of players could really become someone that unites everyone to like a solid goal. But given the wrong type of game in person, they could again try and become the alpha player and ruin it for everyone. It's true, and oddly enough, Hanabi is a great example of a game that avoids the alpha player problem because of the fact that you simply cannot boss the other players around because there's so much that you're not allowed to say. Mm -hmm. Your cards are facing away from you. You can see what your teammates are holding, but you have no idea what you have, and there are very strict rules about what you're allowed to tell them. So, um, have you guys ever seen any customers at Snakes getting to that point in a game where you had to sort of pull them back and say, okay, guys, need to switch to something else? I've never had to switch anyone. I've seen some people get pretty heated with some with some games of Risk, mm -hmm. um, but never to the point where someone was going to flip a table. How about you? I can't say that I've seen anyone at Snakes get really heated about a game. I've heard like you know playful bickering, and sometimes tables seek out games that they can bicker at each other because it's, it's a true. Form of flirting. But nothing <laughs> that has made me um, concerned as someone who works there. No, that's certainly a relief. I've uh, I hear like occasional rumors about things, but. I, th I think part of the reason, too, is that when you're genuinely mad at someone, in a lot of cases, you're not going to yell and scream. You're just going to get very, very quiet. Yes. And uh, that's not something that's necessarily going to show, just people mm -hmm. seething. Um, I guess as a guru, one thing that I like to do as well is to ask ahead of time, how mean do you want to be to the other players? And make sure I recommend stuff that has an appropriate level of cruelty in it. <laughs> and uh, make sure that that doesn't set in. But everybody's very individual. I, I guess the take home from this is that if you are playing in a board game and you're getting to the point where things are getting personal, that's an excellent time to step back. Because the last thing that you want to do is have that be your memory of this game. So uh, be aware of what, your, of what your fellow players are going through. Try and be sensitive to their concerns, be sensitive to what's going on there. Don't be more of a dick than you need to, to make the game enjoyable for them. And uh, yeah, just have fun with it. Hope we'll see you next time at Snakes and Lattes. Until then, I'm Jonathan Moriarty with Maddie Jalsman and Todd Campbell. Game on. Cheers. Bye. Thanks for listening. Snakes and Lattes offers a unique service for your next party. Snakes on the go, board game catering. Your own personal game guru and an assortment of our hottest games right in your living room or boardroom. Birthdays, anniversaries, corporate team building, everything is more fun with board games. Visit snakesandlattes.com SOTG for more details or to book your event today. Until next time, I'm P.T. Douglas. Game on.